Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. church on a Sunday morning, same pew every Sunday morning, back when churches had pews, you know, that the red carpet and the blue pews, you know what I'm talking about, sitting in the same spot, looking across the way to see who, where my friends are, big old church, thousands of people in it, somehow you get eye contact with friends across the building, go get water at the same time. Security's like, get back inside, because they knew me. And I remember sitting in that seat Sunday after Sunday, bored out of my mind, didn't understand what the pastor was saying, best preacher on TV at the time, and I didn't understand a word he was saying. And, um, but I remember one thing. Every now and then, this one particular lady Wonderful voice, black woman, just could sing. She'd get up there to do a special song. Y'all know those special songs? <laughs> to do a special before the message and all that. she get up there and she starts singing. And I could feel a difference. And I remember as a young boy sitting there in the church, you know, Looking at this place, it's massive, it's huge, it's beautiful, all this stuff, and never really experiencing anything. But then all of a sudden, she starts singing, and I recognize for the first time the weight of my sin in my life. I know now that that was the Holy Spirit. I know now that that was the presence of the Lord. I know now that that was conviction, that that was God pulling on me. I know now what that was, but in that moment I was confused. I didn't know what that was. I didn't understand it. I had heard about it, but never really felt it, never experienced it, never encountered it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I can feel that. Young kid sitting there encountering God and resisting it. I'm that dude. Sitting there resisting the Holy Spirit. Anybody ever resisted the Holy Spirit? Am I the only one? Okay. We just started just asking if y'all were stubborn. Hello? I was stubborn. <laughs> I resisted the Holy Spirit for years. For years I sat there and resisted. And so parents, don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your kids. Because I was that one that resisted and resisted my whole life until I turned 18 years old. And then I couldn't, I couldn't fight it no more. I became Jacob in that moment. You know, I was fighting with God, fighting with God, fighting with God, and he finally humbled me, you know. But I remember sitting there going, wow, there's something about this. And then when she was done, they'd move on to the next thing, and it was all gone. And it was like I was relieved because God wasn't there no more. That's how I viewed it. That was my experience. And so I say all that because I love church. I love the house of God. Because there's very few places in the world when you walk into the room, you can feel an immediate change. You know, you go home and you kind of know what to expect. It's yours. It's your house. And you know if something's off. You know if something's weird, you know. But usually it's your place of rest. It's where you go and relax and unwind. When you come to church, for some, it's peaceful. For some, it's comfortable. And for others, it's a relief to be here because of the chaos in your life. And maybe you're that kid like I was. Maybe you're sitting here going, I don't know what he's talking about. It's okay. Because I know that despite my resistance, the word of God penetrated my heart deeply. I've had a lifelong relationship with the scripture, whether I want it to or not. And that's a beautiful thing. Because now I can recall and recite and remember things from the word of God that 
was there when I was five, when I was six, when I was 10, when I was 12, when I was 13. I remember those conversations. I remember those moments. I remember those words. And now I'm like, oh, that's what that means. And it takes a lifetime to take it. And some people get so frustrated because they don't understand immediately what God's all about. It takes a journey. You need to go on that journey. I don't know why I'm saying this. This wasn't anything to do with my message this morning, but you need to go on that journey. Whoever's in this room that is struggling to figure out why they're here, why they are searching for God, I'm telling you right now, go on that journey. Don't resist it. Because one way or another, he's going to (laughs) win. Yeah, he's going to get you. (laughs) Maybe we need to preach a sermon called, he's going to get you. The boogeyman. I don't know. Y'all ready? Got some fun stuff to talk about this morning. I'm excited. I wasn't supposed to talk about this this weekend. It was going to be in a couple weeks, but next week is Mother's Day. Can you believe that? Yeah, we can't wait for that. Yeah, let's go. All the moms in the house. Time to celebrate the moms in the house. It is, uh, it's a blessing to do that. I can't believe Mother's Day is already here. Then after that, Jasmine's going to be preaching. Eesh, she's ready. She's ready. <laughs> so I was like, man, the next two weeks, uh, it's, I can't really talk about this. It would be at the very end of the month, and I didn't want to wait that long. We felt just an urgency to talk about this. So I said, you know what, I'm going to start my series in June or whatever. I don't even remember now. When I'm starting my series, uh, it's going to be a fun series. It has nothing to do with this, but it's going to be a good one. So today I want to talk about something interesting. Um, we've just been feeling an urgency to make some changes. And we've been feeling a desire to see things uh, grow here. I believe that God is trying to position us for growth. I believe God is trying to help us prepare for the next phase Um, This place has been a blessing. It really has. Amen. We bought this place right at the beginning of COVID, uh, before the real estate market went through the roof, before the prices went up. And I think that was just God's favor and blessing for us. Um, It's so funny. I was thinking about this the other day because, you know, in the very, very beginning, money was such a tight thing as a church. We We were brand new. We didn't really have any money. You know, everything that, we, that came in in the very beginning, we spent on equipment and stuff to be mobile. How many of you were here for the mobile church? One person right there. There's Star. Now, there's a couple that were here that started with us who didn't necessarily launch per se, but they started with this angel, came right at the beginning. Amy came right at the beginning. Anybody else? No. <laughs> that was such an interesting time. Star is the only original person from the launch team, besides my family. Yeah, she's the OG of the OGs. Just saying. No, Star for real. She's, she's been here since literally day one. Pre. She's like, uh, what's that? Prehistoric. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Oh, man, she is older than me, just saying, you know what I'm saying? I better get back to my message before I get it later, before I get it later. (laughs) Yeah, praise the Lord. Um, Yeah, so things are definitely different now. In the very beginning, you know, money was such a tight thing. Um, I I kid you not, I remember wondering how in the world, I mean, I'll just be transparent with you. I remember eating dinner one day and not remember eating dinner because I was thinking about how in the world we're going to pay for everything, you know, Um, and God made a way. He he brought people in the very beginning that pretty much said sayonara after six months, but God brought them in the very beginning just to be a blessing and helped us get through that time. We paid almost $4,000 a month to rent the school that we were at on Sunday mornings where we had to load in, 
load out, nothing could stay. We had to use the cafeteria. I mean, Star was my person that she did all the logistics, tear down, and uh, it was a lot. We were there probably at seven in the morning. We didn't leave till six. Okay, six thirty. Sorry, Star. Six thirty, and we didn't leave till one o'clock. We didn't probably drop off the trailer till like one thirty, something like that. Yeah, it was a long day. We were wiped at the end of a Sunday. And then we found a little place on Alameda, right? A little place that if you raised your hands too high during worship, you'd hit the air conditioning AC duct. Anybody remember that place? Some of y'all were here for that season. That's when Gilbert and came on board. And, of course, Jasmine is always connected. But Gilbert came on board around that time. And several of y'all remember that place, right? You'd go, ah, praise the Lord. Um, there was poles right down the middle, so you couldn't put the camera in the middle. It had to be to the side. I'd be preaching to a pole. It was ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But we made it work. And praise the Lord, that place was cheaper than the first place, than the school. By like a thousand bucks a month, it was cheaper. And then it was like, okay, we need more space. This place is too small. So we found the next spot on Alameda down the road. But y'all remember that place which now houses Breakthrough Church. And it was just a shell, like literal shell. There was no carpet, no walls. You just saw from the front of the street to the back exit, like straight through. It was just a big old room. And we were like, we're going to have to build some walls. We're going to have to build classrooms, put air conditioning, like all this stuff. And we're like, how are we going to do this? And then God made a way for us to raise $11,000 to get that done. And we moved into that place. And we were there a couple years. And I remember the day that I finished the bathrooms, and I was like, I'm done with this place. <laughs> it's over. Um, and then sure enough, Pastor Andrew showed up, and they were starting a church. And I was like, hey, man, this would be a good place to start a church. And he's like, yeah, I know. Can I start one here? <laughs> I was like, yeah. So he would use it on Saturdays. Of course, we had church on Sundays. And then he was like, hey, y'all should check out this building. So he used to be here as a young adult pastor long ago. Him and his wife uh, got engaged here, and he was like, dude, I know everything about this building. You need to go check out this building. And sure enough, when we toured this place, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. And we went from the school to the first Alameda, second Alameda, to this place. And each time, we knew it was God's hand because each time it got cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. That doesn't happen. That does not happen. This place is lower than my mortgage, okay? Like, this is crazy. This has been a blessing, okay? A huge blessing for the church because we've been able to grow into it and utilize it and learn, okay, what do we need to do? And so we want to make some changes to this building. It needs it. We've been here three years. I can't believe it. It went by so fast. But we bought this place in 2020. I feel like we just got here. <laughs> like, I really feel that way, but time flies, man. And uh, the only thing is the building's getting older. So I want to share with you something from the scripture. And then I want to talk to you about some plans that we have. Y'all ready? Amen. All right. Haggai 1. Anybody ever read the book of Haggai? How about that guy? No, let's go to Haggai. If you, if you haven't heard of it, this is the prophet Haggai. Some of y'all need to wake up. Haggai chapter one. Now, I got dad jokes for days. You don't even know. All day long. Haggai chapter one. It says, in the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet, to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. 
You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put it in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins. While every one of you runs to his own house, therefore the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock, and on the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet. As the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the presence of the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people, saying, I am with you, says the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year, of King Darius. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, for the beauty that's in it, for the instruction that's in it. We thank you for clarity. We thank you for wisdom. Lord, we thank you for divine direction, for purpose, for vision. We ask you, Lord, that you would speak to us this morning as we prepare for what's next. And everybody said... Amen. So we're calling today Vision Sunday because I want to share with you a vision of what's next and where we're going. First question we need to ask is, why does God care about this temple that's in the book of Haggai? Second question we're going to ask is, why does God care about a man-made building? Kind of interesting, right? Why would, he, why would he care about this? What is the purpose? Well, interesting enough, if you go to verse 13, it says, Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to people, saying, I am with you, says the Lord. This was in response to their obedience. See, what's interesting is that when God gives a command, when God gives instruction, when God says to do something, when you obey, you automatically get him too. You automatically receive the greatest gift, which is him. He stays and remains with you. And so there's an element about this that is simply about obedience. When they, they understood, when they realized what their purpose was and what God was asking of them, they realized that if they follow through, God will be with them. Because sometimes it's, it's nerve-wracking to take on projects. Sometimes it's, it's hard to, to build something when you don't know what to do. And he wasn't so much chastising them because they were neglecting. It's because they had no purpose. They had no vision. They had no, no measure of desire to move forward with things. And he's like, listen... It's time to fix up what I've given you. Somehow, some way, what I've given you has become dilapidated. It's come to ruins, and it shouldn't be that way. And so he says, if you take care of what God gives you, he will be with you. I want you to say that to yourself. If I take care of what God gives me, he will be with me. Amen? And that goes with everything. Everything. Whatever God gives you, if you take care of it, he will be with you. So I want to share with you a picture. Uh, I can't remember if I, I got it in there. If it's in there, throw it up, Cheryl. There's a picture long, long ago. Oh, who that guy? This is a picture of one of the interest meetings we had when we were starting the church before we launched. 
The reason you don't see anyone else in the picture because there was only one person in the room. And there were two other people in the back that were hired babysitters to watch the kids. <laughs> There's something interesting about starting out not knowing what's going to happen. But when you stay obedient and when you stay the course, God will be with you. We did that not knowing what the results were going to be. And I remember that day so clearly. You know where this was? Anybody tell where this was? It's at a library. <laughs> this is the only place we could find that had like a room that we could use for free. And they had like this little meeting room. And yeah, we met at a library to try and convince people that we we're going to start this church. It's going to be great. You should come. Come help us set up and tear down for six hours. It's going to be great. Awesome. Exciting. <laughs> Yeah, no one was there. No one. no one. No one got excited about any of that. It was not like a fun time at all. I mean, we had food, balloons, giveaways. Yeah, and we took it all home. But we were obedient. And that's all that mattered. Star wasn't even there at that time. That's right. She said, I'm going to wait until they start doing stuff at the house because I don't know about all this. <laughs> and one day she knocked on the door. I was like, Star, great, we got somebody. <laughs> and even then she was like, I'm still praying about it. I'm still praying. I'm still praying. There was so much uncertainty in the beginning. And when I say uncertainty, I mean like to the max. Like we did not know how anything was going to go down. We did not have what the results were going to be. And I'm glad we stayed the course. Because I love this place. And I love you guys. And I'm so privileged to be doing this. I am. It's an honor. It is my honor. What if I would have gave up that day? What if I would have stopped? What if I had been like, yeah, see, it's not going to work out. It's not worth it. Too much. Nah, man, I moved my family down here to do this. We sold a house, sold all my studio equipment. I'm about to do this. I gave up too much to just quit. Left friends, left family. Left jobs. Stayed the course. And now God's blessed us with so much. In the beginning... Our heart was simple. We're just going to trust God with whatever may come. And, you know, it's really up to him. We just got to do what we're called to do and, and focus on that. And as difficult as it was and trying to figure out how it was going to work out because we didn't know how the bills were going to get paid and God did it. He just did it. And I can't ever take the credit for that. I never will, because I don't even remember what I said in the beginning. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I have my messages, and I'm like, I said what? Like, what is that? Like, that's what I preached on? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, how did, no wonder nobody came, you know? It's crazy. <laughs> I was like, that was stupid, man. What am I talking about? Like, I have everything from 2016, and I'm like, yeah, no, nah, never saying that again. I don't know. Maybe Star remembers. I don't know if she, was, she probably just showed up and felt like she didn't even hear the message. I don't know. She's probably thinking right now, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember a single message you preached. <laughs> it's all good. God used it somehow. Praise the Lord for that. But yeah, in the beginning, it was simple. Just trust God. Let the rest happen the way it happens. But now we're in exciting times. And I believe that we need to prepare for what's next. We need to prepare for growth. We need to prepare for change. And, and the way things are now, you get settled in the current. But I believe that something's coming. I mean, I don't know if you feel what I feel, but things have just changed this year. 
Um, I feel like the presence of God has just gotten stronger this year. I feel like our hunger has changed this year. I know mine has personally. Um, for a lot of things, it's changed. And I feel like we need to prepare for whatever may be coming. It's not about the physical building, okay? It's never been about the physical building. And it's not about the money. It's never been about the money. Not one day has it been about the money. It's never been about the numbers, how many people are here, how many people are not here. You wouldn't believe how big our database is compared to what actually shows up. It's ridiculous how many people should be here, but we don't focus on that. That's just not our, that's not what drives us. The Bible says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. It's our job to be here to do what we're called to do. It's his job to draw people. So it's never been about the numbers. What it's been about is stewarding what God has given us. And our job as Christians and our job as pastors is to steward what God gives us. Is to protect it, to nurture it, to do the best that we can with it so that it can be what it's supposed to be and create the impact it's supposed to create. So I want to announce something to you. I'm starting a Mexican restaurant. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Mateos. Mateos, tacos, and more. Good name, right? Y'all can see it now. Got a t-shirt ready. <laughs> she just got it all the way in the back. She just got it. We need to do a lot of renovations around here. And so... We're going to do something that we've done in the past, but this by far is going to be the most dramatic, uh, the most uh, ambitious. We need to raise a considerable amount of money so that we can revamp and repair a lot of things in this place. So today, what I wanted to announce and what I'm excited about is a building campaign to renovate, restore, and do new things around here. I'm calling it Foundations. And our plan is to raise $100,000 in 100 days' time. Amen? Amen? 100K in 100 days. I like stuff like that. I like catchy th sayings like that. Now, this might seem like that's a whole lot of money. Well, guess what? We got a whole lot of work to do. Um, so this is going to start May 25th. And it's going to run till September 1st. Basically the whole summer. We're going to take the summer and we're going to pray about what we can do to help change this place. Now we have already had a pledge of $10,000 to finish our, our fellowship hall that we're calling Pursuit Central. So that's a blessing. Someone has already pledged that money. And... There's also already $3,000 that has come in designated for the building fund itself. So that's a blessing too, because before we even asked, a lot of that started to come in. Amen. So I'm excited about that part. I want Hagen to do me a favor. Is Hagen in the room? See there? Somebody turn on the lights for me, like all the way up. Just slide it all the way up. Slide it up. Slide it. See? There you go. It worked. I want you to look around on the floor. I know you never do this. I do. Look around on the floor. Carp has been here. Let me, let me count.
seats that were in here and smelt like mildew and had all kinds of grime on. It was nasty. I remember calling Alex one day. I was like, how do I get rid of these things, man? I was like, there's bolts coming out of the ground. They were attached. He's like, you got to get a grinder and cut it all off. 708 bolts I had to cut off with a grinder. That was fun. If you notice, all the carpet's starting to fray because this was meant to be temporary after we pulled out the chairs. This is deceptively a large room. Um, it costs quite a bit to repair carpet in here, to paint. We need to build a sound booth. We need to fix this stage because everybody keeps falling off this stage. Just saying. We need to change it. There's so much we need to do in this room. This room, unfortunately, is the biggest issue we have. Um, the other thing, every 15 minutes, you'll hear the air kick on because it's dying. The air conditioner's dying, and our concern is that we're not going to get through the summer with that AC unit. Uh, they put a Band-Aid on it and said, hopefully it lasts till March. We're in May. Praise the Lord for that. But it could quite easily be an issue in the next month or so. Um, as it gets up to 100 degrees, as you all know how quick that can happen around here, this thing struggles. That's the biggest expense on our list is our air conditioning unit. It's like $12,000. It's a lot. It's a big deal. So that part is a kind of a need. It can be an emergency. How many of y'all remember walking in here on a Sunday morning and it's like 90 degrees? Anybody remember those days? Yeah. That's when that thing started to act up. And then we realized it's 14 years old. It needs to go. Uh, it's just one of those things. So we have some important needs and we're ranking them according to priority and what needs to happen first and moving on from there, what we would like to do. So I want to share some of that with you. We want to replace the AC unit in the sanctuary. Then we have another immediate need. There are holes in our roof um, like this big, just big enough for leaks to happen. We have some leaks upstairs in some of the rooms that we're going to have to repair after we replace about 5,000 screws on our roof. Anybody got drills? Come and join me. <laughs> we need to go get some drills, get a bunch of guys, get up on the roof and replace thousands of screws. And we have to do that because the more it rains, and it's going to rain for like two weeks, I just noticed, uh, the more it rains, the worse our leaks get and the more water we collect. I don't know if people realize this, but I throw out buckets of water every single week out the back door upstairs. It's fun. It's pretty exciting. You should come do it with me sometime. Um, so we have to repair some of our ceilings and then some of the beams in our ceilings have rotted because of the leaks. So we need to repair some of those beams. And, you know, these are structural things. These are important. Like the roof could cave in. Like this is a big deal. We have to do it. Um, then we get to look at our cosmetics and things that we'd like to get done, which is to finish out the fellowship hall, which praise the Lord if that person comes through and with that $10,000, that part will be taken care of because here's what has to happen. In order to do the work in this room and all the extensive stuff that needs to be done, we're gonna have to move into the fellowship hall to have service while this is getting worked on. So you're gonna get real comfortable with the person sitting next to you. You're gonna get real friendly for a while because we're going to be in that room for a little bit while we're working on this one. So we have to do a complete renovation in this room. Um, I don't know if you've ever really looked up, but we have these beams that we put in a while back, these poles. They're on hoists, and we've got to run electrical to them so they can lower at the same time. Right now, the way things are set up, in order to adjust a light or mess with our sound system, we have to go borrow a 20-foot scaffold, build it, put it in position, and then put something on top of that one just so we can reach. Because these ceilings are 30 feet high. It's fun being up there, I promise you. Come join me. But if we can get these wired up, these hoists will lower at the same time so we can make our adjustments and then raise them. That's the idea. It'll make it much easier, much safer because I can't tell you how shaky a scaffold gets at 20 feet, and then you got a ladder on top of that. It's kind of bizarre, and it is. It's, praise the Lord for strong legs, amen? 
we have a lot to do in this room. I've never noticed. It's like a storage room. <laughs> There's stuff that is there that has been there since we moved in. I don't think it's moved. Like, it's just there. It's been there for three years. I'm just like, yeah, we got to get rid of this stuff. I'm believing that as things grow, we're going to need that balcony for people. And we want to be prepared for that. So obviously, that needs to be restored. The ceiling, the lighting, the carpet, the paint, the whole thing. Um, we need to make the railing safer, and we have plans for that. There's just so much that's going to go into this room that is going to be quite extensive. Um, not only that, but we need to paint to kind of get rid of this weird brown 70s look that we got on the walls. I don't know what they were thinking in the 70s. I think they brought drugs into church sometimes. I don't know. It just, it's what it seems like. I can't believe God was in this color choice. Just saying. Yeah, got to get rid of the brown. It's annoying. It's gross. So when you add it all up, it gets quite costly very quickly. This room is the one that's taking probably a good portion. I think about half the money is going into this room because of all that needs to be done. Um, and we're going to refine. We're going to play with the numbers to try and get everything we need to get done as, as much as possible. The other thing is we want to do something fun for the kids upstairs. I want to put in an indoor playground. There's a room that right now is like my office that I'm never in unless I'm having a meeting, but we have a whole other room for that that we could use. And, I want, and it's a large room, so I want to utilize that as like an indoor playground for the kids, a slide, ball pit, all that stuff, so they can have a way to burn off energy and uh, maybe use it as an incentive to make sure they're following and listening and paying attention to the lesson. Um, I just feel like it would be great for the kids. we got so many babies and they're going to, before you know it, they'll be running around three, four, five years old, and they're going to need a space to run around in safely. So I want to do that. We want to redo our lobby, our foyer, all that area. Um, nothing's been touched in there for like three years. It's crazy. Then, I don't know if you noticed, when you drive up, the fence line is just horrible. Uh, nobody has taken care of the fences around here. And I feel like it's a little unsafe. That stuff could fly around and fall with the with a storm. We want to replace all of that. We want to put in our basketball goal, put in a light for the parking lot. There's a lot we want to do. And it just takes, it just takes money. That's all it is. It takes time and money. And it's all meant to serve people. It's not like we're, you know, I'm not doing the whole, let's put gold on everything. That's not what this is about. This is about doing something so that we can steward it well and guard it and protect it so that way we're prepared for the future. Because I won't be around forever. I want to make sure that whatever we do here, it's set for future generations. We need to take care of what God has given us. We need to take care of what God has blessed us with. We need to put some energy and some effort into it. We really haven't done anything for, for years because it was a lot when we first got in here. It was just a lot. But now it's time. It's time to restore. So I know this is a lot of information. We'll be sending out some more detailed information in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you'll, get, you'll all get a link in your email or text message um, that you can share. We're going to put a video together to clearly lay out everything. And once we have that ready, we'll send it out to everyone. Uh, this is going to be called the Foundations Campaign, where we're laying a foundation for the future. Amen? We don't know what God has in store. We don't know how long we'll be here. But we have to act as if we're going to be here for a long time. And we have to act as if we're going to take care of this place as much as possible. Amen? So I want you to be in prayer. I want you to be in prayer about how God will lead you to contribute. Because I believe all of us not only should, but have a responsibility uh, to contribute because this is our church home. This is the building that God has given us. This is the place like Haggai talked about where, hey, listen, it may be what it is right now, 
but it's time to restore it. It's time to revive it. It's time to make it new again. It's time to put it in a way that is honoring to the Lord and so that he can be pleased with it, right? Unfortunately, I'll just say this. When we moved here to Corpus, I noticed how everything looks like this in Corpus. Everything looks old. No one touches it. No one revives it. It just kind of stays. It's like a time capsule. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You go around Corpus Christi, there's a lot of old buildings that just look like they're still stuck in the 70s because no one's taking the time to do something. I'm not that guy. I always want to move things forward. I always want to make things new again. I feel like anytime God gives us something old and, and dated and, and kind of faded away, that it is an opportunity to breathe new life into it. Amen? And that's what this place is for us. We have a lot to do, and I would love for all of us to be a part of it. But listen, we don't twist people's arms here. It's not what we do. We never have. I'm not going to walk around on Sunday morning and say, have you given yet? <laughs> have you given? No, that's not what we do. I don't believe in that. I've been around that. I hate that. If you want to give, don't give. Because the Bible says you should be cheerful about it. It should come from an overflow of your heart, right? But understand this. If things happen the way I believe they will happen, we need to do something. Because if that balcony isn't ready, then this area is going to be a little uncomfortable no matter what. And if you want to be okay and keep your seat that you sit in every Sunday, help us out. Let's get this done. Amen. What we like to do is we like to give people an opportunity to be a part of something that they can remember. Hey, I remember when we did that. I kid you not, this building is kind of, um, what's the word, nostalgic for a lot of people in Corpus Christi. I can't tell you how many people I've run into that said they got married here or they got baptized here or, get this, they put in the yellow chairs. <laughs> There's this guy at Ferguson Plumbing. When we were doing all the plumbing for the U Matter Feast, getting that sink ready, he was like, 1602 Baldwin, where's that? I was like, well, the real address is 2637 Terrace, but I changed it because who knows where Terrace Street is. I like Baldwin, so I had it changed with the city. And I was like, he's like, wait a minute, you're talking about the corner of Terrace and Baldwin? I was like, yeah. He's like, it's that church with the copper roof. I said, well, it's not copper no more, brother. This place used to look like a Roman cathedral. No more, brother. It, it, it looks nicer. I don't know if you remember how it looked outside back in the day. It looked like a prison that the Romans built. I don't know. We changed that real quick. <laughs> He's like, is that the one with the yellow theater seats? I was like, yeah, man, we took those out. He goes, you took them out? I was like, yeah, they were ugly. He's like, I put them in. I was like, well, you did a good job because they were hard to get out, man. They were hard to get out. And I met so many people like that that were here when they built this stage or they put in that wallpaper. And I'm like, bro, I can't wait to tear that junk out, man. It's gross. But this building is nostalgic for so many people in Corpus. And it hasn't really changed much since then. There's so many churches that have been through here that have used it and rented it and um, just never really did anything with it. If y'all weren't here in the very beginning when we bought it, the upstairs kids ministry did not look like that. How many of y'all remember what it looked like? Yeah, it looked, it looked like a prison inside too. <laughs> it was dark, it was nasty, it was uh, wet carpet everywhere, it was just crazy. And thank God for everyone here that stepped up and helped and served and, and uh, helped restore that area. I remember when we opened up the kids ministry it was a big deal because we had the kids in here with us for a few months. It was like the whole summer we had the kids in here with us until that area was ready. And we need to do that. We need to do that same thing in here and in the lobby and in the fellowship hall and in the balcony. And there's just so much we would love to get done.
I know I'm talking a lot. I apologize. I want to share a couple things with you from the scripture. Matthew 25, 14 through 30, it says this. This is the parable of the talents. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid, hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful. Everybody say faithful. Over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will remain, make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then the one who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seeds. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received back with my own interest. So take the talent, so I took the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he who will have abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the un. This darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This seems like such an obscure story because a talent is just a measure of money. It's just, that's all it is. It's just money. And what this story is saying so simply is that whatever God gives you, he expects you to multiply it. Whatever God gives you, he expects you to invest it. He inspects you to do something with it. To simply go dig a hole and just hold on to what you got is not the mentality he's looking for. He's looking for you to not be lazy, to not be slow, but to be proactive and use what he's given you to double and grow and take care of. This has always been about stewardship. God has given us a blessing. God has given us something that we can't deny that he gave us willingly for us to take care of. This place has never been a burden for us. This place has been such a stress relief, to be honest. But now it's time to do something with it. Now it's time to take it to that next level. Now it's time to grow it. Now it's time to nurture it. It's time to steward the gift that God has given us, amen? We need to take care of what God has given us for future generations because we don't know what's next. We don't know what's coming. All I know is we need to prepare. Can I get an amen? There's two more things I want to share with you before I'm done. Just as important, if not more important. My vision in the coming months even though it's been difficult to try and get it going and trying to gain support from the outside, which is what I've been trying to do, hasn't quite worked out. I want to invest in our young people. I want to build a youth ministry. And I don't know what it looks like yet because 
what I've been trying has not worked. I've been trying to gain support and create uh, connections with other leaders in our city to do things, to create events for our youth. And it just hasn't gone too well. We used to do this in San Antonio. It was wonderful. It was excellent. Some of the best days in youth ministry were doing that. And it's just seemed like I'm hitting brick walls here, um, even though I have relationships. Not everyone has the same vision. And so I'm praying about the steps to take with the youth ministry, but we need to invest in our young people because young people grow up fast and they become the next leaders. And we need to do everything we can to pour into them so that they're prepared because the world is not kind to our young people. The world is after our young people. The world is hungry for our young people's minds and hearts, but God is more passionate. And he's looking for us to steward what he's given us so that we can reach young people. Amen. And so part of the reason I want to change this place is because it looks old. It just does. And I want to make it in a way to where a young person feels comfortable when they walk in the front door, the fellowship hall, this room, doesn't matter. I want it to be a place where they don't go, oh, this is just some old stuffy church building, right? Because that's what I thought growing up. Look at the red carpet and the blue pews and all the organ. It was just like, wow. Y'all didn't know this. (laughs) There's an organ in here. (laughs) I'm not joking. If I open up this hatch door, you can't even see it because we painted it black. There's a little hatch door right there. I remember looking for electrical stuff one day, and I opened it up, and then I looked up, and there are pipes running all the way through the ceiling. There's an organ in there. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. And I left it. I was like, no, we're not touching that. Fun fact for you. I don't know where that came from. But yeah, I mean, this is like one of those places. I remember somebody telling me that they would sit, somebody would sit there, play the organ. This was like, you know, old school fun. Yeah, I'm not down with that. (laughs) And I want to make a place that young people feel welcome and invited to. Amen. The other thing is I feel like it's time to focus more on missions. Cheryl and I come from a Bible college that the emphasis was pretty much missions only. Um, her, her degree is in, is in missions. Um, mine was in music, but hers was in missions. And we've always had a heart and a passion to do missionary work. We did missionary work with our young people back in San Antonio. And of course, now that we're connected to Stephanie and Aaron out in Kenya, you know, they've invited us to go to Africa. And I want to see that happen. I said, I want to take people to Africa to go build stuff for widows, to go minister to children. Amen. Amen. To get outside of our comfortable, convenient life that we have and go be a blessing to people who need it. We already do that in our community. I think we do a pretty good job. I think we're making an impact in our area. But we also need to think in terms of foreign missions. We need to think in terms of going somewhere and doing something that you'll probably only get to do a couple times in your life. I want to put an emphasis on missions. And that also takes finances. So that'll be something we're talking about in the future. We are hoping and praying and trying to figure out a way to do a missions trip to Africa in 2024. Amen? So some of y'all need to stop having kids for a little bit (laughs) so we can get everybody over there. When you come back, you have more kids, whatever. (laughs) Just saying. But I believe that we're called to reach people all over the world. Our little group here in Corpus Christi cannot be contained in just Corpus Christi. Amen? Worship team, come join me. So not only are we talking about the physical structure, we're talking about the people, the young people, those that need to hear the gospel in our generation right now in this city and across the world. Amen? Stephanie and Aaron are some amazing people, and they need help. 
they, they host churches occasionally from America to come help them do projects in Kenya, Africa, but most of it is they need help ministering to children. And that's beautiful, man. I want to be a part of that. So going back to the book of Haggai, and I'm closing, I promise. Going back to the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verse 1. It says, In the seventh month, on the 21st of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shetiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you who has saw this? The temple in its former glory. And how do you see it now in comparison with it? Is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord, and work. Everybody say work. work. For I am with you, says the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I have covenant with you when you came out of Egypt. So my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace says the Lord of hosts. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. God wants to fill this place with his glory. God wants to revive his glory in this place. And the glory will be greater than it used to be. And I believe when we're obedient to what God is saying, and in taking care of what God has given us, he will do exactly what his word has said. He will fill the temple. Amen. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. There's going to be some work. It's completely up to you. I'm, I don't know what God is going to ask you to give. That's going to be completely up to you. I'm not the guy that's going to stand up here and beg you for money. It's not what we're doing. We're going to give you that opportunity. However you want to be a part, you be a part. But I'll tell you this, you reap what you sow, amen? If you want to sow much, you give much. That's the principle of scripture. It has been that way since the dawn of time. It will always be that way. God is faithful to perform his word, amen? There are many things that we're going to do that are going to be required that we have more of a professional touch. But there are also many things that we're going to do that we can all get together and we can accomplish together. Like, guess what we're going to do? We're going to rip out all this carpet together. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. We're going to do some stuff together. We're going to lay the floors in that room together. Amen. We're going to fix the roof together. Amen. We're going to do it together. It's going to take some work. It's going to take sacrifice. But you know what? It's worth it because it's not for us. It's for the future. It's for those that we're leading. It's for those that will be coming. It's for young people that will be coming. Can I get an amen? amen? So Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for the blessing that it is to serve your kingdom. We thank you for the privilege it is to be a part of what you're doing. Lord, I ask that you use every single one of us. Speak to every single one of us about how you want us to participate, how you want us to give. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that every dollar that we need will be raised, whether it comes from in this house or somewhere else. Lord, we ask you and we thank you ahead of time for that. We believe that you will be faithful if we remain faithful. Lord, we thank you so much for the honor that it is to have the opportunity to be obedient to your word. Lord, help us as we plan. Help us as we pursue all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. One more thing, and then we're going to worship. Can we do that? Thank you for joining us this week. Our vision is to plant churches that are life-changing. 
you would like to support our ministry, you can easily do so by visiting our website, PursuitCC.com. Also, follow us on all social media outlets by using at PursuitCC. Thank you and God bless.